with my husband. He'll come in. We can talk about our day. We talk about what's going on. But once he gets in front of the TV and takes his boots off, (laughs) he'll even say to me, I'm taking the boots off. (laughs) Like, is there anything else you need from me? Because I'll walk in the living room inevitably when he's in front of the TV. I'll start talking about something and the eyes glaze over. So we don't fight about it because I already know when to approach him. If you want his attention, he kicks the boots off, get the top off. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly the eyes aren't glazed over anymore. Am I right, people? All right. Oh boy, here it comes, episode 91, Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. Courtney Kelly is a licensed mental health therapist. I, Brian Mulhern, a longtime mental health patient. And I think, hopefully, we're going to have a little bit of fun this week (laughs) about the lovely world of, I wouldn't just necessarily say marriage, but maybe long-term relationships. Mm -hmm. And I guess you could kind of say it's a love-hate thing. Now, Courtney, I jokingly, earlier this week, on our radio show said, just find somebody who can tolerate you. (laughs) And you know what? I was only kind of half joking. (laughs) Because the reality is, New love, everyone is on cloud nine, you're over the moon, but when that fades eventually, Mm -hmm. and it's going to, and you start to be with this person day after day after day, some of the things that you thought were cute start to become annoying, and what you really need at the end of the day is somebody who's able to put up with your crap. (laughs) And that's not to say that the love doesn't evolve in different directions, Mm -hmm. because I think you and I, we've both been with our spouses for many years Mm -hmm. now, and There has been an evolution, and I have more of an appreciation for the kind of love that we have together now than we did when it was the puppy love thing. But boy, oh boy, some days do we ever hate each other. (laughs) And that's not necessarily bad. Right. And it's funny because you had sent this article and we were chuckling about it, but this woman, Heather Haverleski, she's, I guess, a very prominent U.S. journalist, and she wrote a book. It's called Foreverland on the Divine Tedium of Marriage. And she really wanted to dispel a lot of the myths that we have around long-term relationships and marriage. And she said she would pick up marriage books and she would literally just throw them across the room. She'd get so frustrated because some of the stuff that it was saying all the time, she felt like, wait, this is not speaking to me and what my experience is. So she decided to write a book about it. I have a theory about why she might hate her husband. Is Haberleski her married name? Maybe she was a brown. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I can't take this. Even now. I don't know how to spell it. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I thought it was really, really interesting. Like she talks about how they either talk about marriage being so miserable, it's awful, and everybody's not happy, or the couples that are just so beyond happy, we never fight, or if we do, it's just like no big deal and stuff like that. And she's like, there's other ways of looking at marriage and long-term relationships. And I have to say, some of the things she says about her husband, I can't believe like he was okay with her putting it in the book. But she does talk about some of the hatred that she has for him from time to time. And she even called him a snoring heap of meat. I was like, oh no. Poor Mr. Haberleski. (laughs) Yes, exactly. She was saying some mean things about him. But she also talked about how he was right there in her corner when she went through illness and how she says she hates it when people say, oh, he's my best friend. But she said, no, he really is my best friend, my therapist, my everything. So no good snoring piece of meat. (laughs) Exactly. So it kind of made us laugh and say, well, this could be something that we look at. Maybe we all have some expectations that are not realistic and that's putting pressure on our relationships. And maybe we just all need to normalize this, that sometimes it's tough in relationships. Well, first of all, when you hear from that 
couple, oh, we never fight. And when we do, mm-hmm. it's nothing. Allow for me to say from experience, and I've said this in the past, I learned from my first marriage, sometimes it's not healthy when you don't fight. Yeah, when you Fighting never is something yeah. that you really need to kind of work things out. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not working things out, what are you doing? You're burying it, and mm-hmm. then the resentment is building. Right. And we all know we do need to pick our battles, so we right. don't want to be the person. And I've had that in therapy where I say to people, okay, like, do you want to be happy here? Because it seems like you're picking on a lot of different things. Of course, there's major things that are an expectation, like respect in the marriage or the relationship, that you spend time together, that you are kind, show affection, these kind of things. But sometimes, you know, we pick on all these things all the time and it can just get overwhelming. And then other times, like you said, there's major issues and everybody's avoiding it. That was another couple that I was speaking to actually previous to marriage. We started talking about money and I said, what's the plan with how you're paying for this or that? And they were like, nobody wants to talk about money. And I said, well, if you don't talk about it now, it's going to come up later because it's the number one thing that gets into marriages and creates problems. I was going to say, study show. Mm -hmm. That is the biggest problem with people. And one thing that I have done in both marriages, and it's no offense to whomever I'm with because I knew that full well, we don't really do joint account things. We don't Mm -hmm. do joint credit cards. We keep our stuff separate. Now, when it comes time to pay bills, we both step up and we pay. But getting all of those things mixed up can be very problematic, especially if it doesn't end well. And I also know people, too, who have had one-time spouses who ruined them financially, Mm. unbeknownst to them, destroyed their credit rating for years, and they had to dig out of that. You want to be able to trust everybody. And I trust my wife like I trust nobody else Mm -hmm. in the world. But it's always healthy to have a little bit of separation because even if she doesn't destroy my credit rating, I don't want to have a fight about money. Why set up something that could potentially be a problem? Do with your money what you want, just as long as when I say to you, hey, it's time to pay the electric bill, you can do it, you know? And just so you're putting enough away where someday, hopefully, we're going to be able to retire. Now, when it comes to those couples who on the surface look like they have everything perfect, Mm -hmm. and you start looking at yourself and saying, what's wrong with me? Maybe what I should do is speak about a non-romantic surface relationship that seemed like it had everything going for it. And over time, it was falling apart behind the scenes. And people were probably like, well, I don't understand how Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, who together (laughs) were just such this power couple, if you will, (laughs) who were winning all of these championships Mm -hmm. and just getting everything done the right way. And Tom knew his place and Bill knew his place. Mm -hmm. But then then over time, resentment started to build as they were hearing conversations from the outside. Well, who's really responsible for the success? Oh. Is it Belichick? Is it Brady? Planting seeds maybe of mm-hmm. jealousy. Hey, Tom Brady saying to Bill Belichick, look, I took team discounts for years and years and years, but now I'm not feeling appreciated. When are you going to show that love yes. to me? Ah, money coming into the equation. And that's one of the love languages. <laughs> Is it really? Words of appreciation. He oh. wanted some money of appreciation, too. In my relationship, the love language is Klingon. (laughs) That's why I'm on my second marriage. (laughs) Klingonese, I believe it's pronounced. I don't want to get the Trekkies upset. I get enough hate mail. Thank you very much. But yeah, over time, eventually, and I've been in that with work relationships where at Mm -hmm. first it's all puppies, unicorns, and rainbows. But Courtney, even you and I, I mean, we work very closely on a daily basis. I know there are days you just want to throw me out the window, and I don't blame you. (laughs) 
And there oh. were little things, too, that we don't have, like, major issues. Right, right. Because we have so much training from a mm-hmm. mental health perspective, I on the other side. I don't have the schooling, but I've been to class, <laughs> if right, you will. Right. I think we know how to work through right. our stuff. And you're not afraid to come to me. Well, maybe you're a little afraid <laughs> to come That's to my me own issue, though. when you have a problem. Yeah. And I'm not afraid with you. We have a very good way of working things out. Mm-hmm. But I think you could see with Belichick and Brady, resentment was building. Yeah. They weren't communicating. Robert Kraft was having to come in to try to fix things at times. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, when Robert Kraft withdrew himself from the situation, Tom Brady went and found himself another yeah, wife. And, that was and we, the kids, are sitting here like, <laughs> what happened? Is this something we did? <laughs> right. And that's so true. I think that's one of the top things that I talk to people about is the communication. You have to be able to sit down and be direct and not think that the other person can mind read the situation or figure it out. Be very direct with what you want and what your expectation is and try to work it out from there because that's what happens a lot of times. Like you said, there was a kind of a communication breakdown. People were kind of whispering in the ears of both of them and maybe this thing developed. Maybe it could have been worked on and maybe some people dug their heels in too. We don't know exactly what happened with them, but it is true. Like there was something they weren't communicating or something that they weren't hearing from the other, unfortunately. And then of course he bounced, but (laughs) that happens sometimes. And that's what the book is talking about too, that a lot of times people get divorced when really it could just be a rough patch that needs to be worked on and look at it from different angles and to know that it's normal sometimes to go through those times when you really do resent the person and you feel like you are so angry with them and you don't want to talk to them, but you need some cooling off time and then some tools to figure out how to communicate again. I think we both also want to stress too, there are some couples that hang on too long. Mm-hmm. And oh, the absolutely. trick is finding right. where you are in mm-hmm. this equation. And we've said it in the past, there's something perfect about imperfection. Mm-hmm. Beware of anything that appears to be perfect on the surface because you may be building it up into something that it is not. Right. And it is natural for there to be bumps in the road mm-hmm. in anything yeah. with a job that you love with a spouse with a best friend Mm -hmm. with an employer Belichick Brady even though they had the six championships and everything maybe from an outsider's perspective looked fine there was some stuff bubbling up underneath there and they just got tired of each other I've had bosses who I've had for a long time people who even hired me and by the time we went our separate ways I could tell like we both just kind of had enough of each other Mm -hmm. and there are some relationships that are that way and that's not to say that there wasn't open communication, but I will say being the employee sometimes, you can only say so much. (laughs) In a marriage, you can be a lot more open Mm -hmm. about maybe some of the gripes that you have, but it's all about the approach too. It really is. It's about how you finesse it. How you finesse it when you communicate. I always joke that when my husband Mike comes home, he's actually one that when he comes home, we'll talk about our days and we can get right into it. Some people need that separation time. They need a downtime where I've talked to clients where they say, I come home, it's just too much. And I say, okay, maybe when you drive home, drive somewhere for like 10, 15 minutes and have a coffee or take your break before you enter into the home so that you have more patience for communication and to kind of see what's happening. But with my husband, he'll come in, we can talk about our day, we talk about what's going on. But once he gets in front of the TV and takes his boots off, (laughs) he'll even say to me, I'm taking the boots off. (laughs) Like, is there anything else you need from me? 
do you need me to take out the trash? Do you need to have a conversation? Like, what do you need? Because I'll walk in the living room, inevitably, when he's in front of the TV, I'll start talking about something and the eyes glaze over. And I already know. So we don't fight about it because I already know when to approach him. <laughs> it's like the referee blowing the whistle, signifying it's halftime. <laughs> yes. I'm about to take the boots off and I just know that signal. Or when he says, I'm about to go take my bath, it's tub time. Do you need anything in the bathroom? We're very clear with our communication so that we don't step on each other's needs. And when he takes the boots off, you're like, whoa, go ahead, yeah, take the yeah, bath, go please. Go take tub time right away, right away. But the other cool thing that I was talking to someone about, there was a book, I think, that suggested this. When you have hard conversations, take time to say, okay, maybe on Mondays at six o'clock, we sit down for a, quote, hard conversation. Put a spotlight on it. Let's not run away from it. We know it's going to be difficult. Maybe there's some issues that you have in your marriage or your relationship that are not going to go away in one conversation. There's something that keeps popping up and maybe it's hard to resolve and you need to communicate and know that each other is listening. So you have these hard conversations. Maybe you only want to have it once a month or what have you. But I think it's a great idea of not running away from it and actually giving its own time so that you know you can speak your truth. Now, the other person may be just there to listen and say, okay, I'm taking that in, kind of like in couples counseling where we say, okay, you voice what you want to say. The other person reflect back what you're saying. Don't react to it. Reflect back so they understand that you know what they're saying. And you go like that. Maybe the following week, the other person responds. You can do it at your own way. But I think it's important to know that there's going to be these hard conversations. It's two different people trying to get on the same page. And when you're talking about scheduling those hard conversations, I think a lot of what goes on within my own marriage almost mirrors what goes on with you and your husband, Mike, which Mm -hmm. is my wife likes to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. Mm -hmm. And I talk for a living and I'm pretty reclusive. It's kind of like the person who cooks all day at the restaurant and doesn't want to eat their food when they come home. I'm Mm -hmm. done talking and not necessarily 1000%, but there's certain things where I'm just too tired to deal with Mm -hmm. it at a certain time. And I think this is also a male-female thing where women just want a resolution and they want to work and work and work until Mm -hmm. they feel satisfied. And for guys who can just say what they have to say and be at peace with it and Mm -hmm. want to be done with it, we have a hard time with that balance too, because I will say to her, we'll be in the middle of one of those hard conversations. I feel like I'm on a treadmill right now that I can't get off of. Mm -hmm. We keep saying the same things and coming to the same place. We're going to have to find a way to get out of that place. But the way to do it is not to do it by us saying the same things over and over and over again, because it's having the opposite effect. You're trying to feel better. You're making me feel worse. Now we have two problems Mm -hmm. because it's not just the issue. It's you're driving me crazy. So maybe it's time for me to take my proverbial (laughs) boots off, (laughs) walk away for a little bit, and then try this again later. Find where that balance is. Mm -hmm. You can't have either side getting all of whatever they need there. And another thing that I would like to say about my own marriage, when it comes to, I hate her for this, or she hates me for that, Mm -hmm. hate is a strong word. And I think I would say, if I were to frame the conversation in relation to what we hate the most about each other, I hate how disorganized organized and scattered she can be and how low things are priorities wise unless they have to do with her job or with the boy Mm -hmm. and a lot of other things fall by the wayside. What does she hate about me? How I'm hyper organized, Mm -hmm. how everything has to be done just so and it needs to be done in this moment and I don't have time for anything else because I'm adulting constantly and if I look at that on its surface I'd say well there's no way to 
work around that until I really sit back and I think about it. Mm-hmm. And you think about the phrase opposites attract. Courtney, would you ever want to be with somebody who's just like you? Right, right. It would drive me insane. Mm-hmm. I get enough of me. I can't get out of this little <laughs> fat suit that I got on. <laughs> you think I want to be around somebody else with all of the same angst and issues yeah. and problems? Somebody who doesn't remind me from time to time I need to mm-hmm. take a time out from the adulting right. and take a deep breath, much like I have to be that person who says, playtime is over. It's time to step mm-hmm. up and be a grown-up. Right. It's a good balance, but it's a good balance if it's managed properly. Right. And keeping that in perspective and knowing that she is different and she's going to be different and that's one of the things you, you love about her. Mm-hmm. It's also one of the things that's going to drive you crazy about her, but trying to manage that. And both of you, like you said, because there's that opposite component there and it can be very difficult, but it's also, I think, we choose people on purpose and some of the reasons we know and some of the reasons we don't and they reveal to us more and more the deeper we get into the relationship. And so I think you both learn from each other and you can help each other in those moments where you need to chill and she needs to apply more. (laughs) Something hilarious just happened. Now, before you and I were recording the podcast, I was sitting here adulting. (laughs) (laughs) He's always adulting. (laughs) was doing our bills because Mm -hmm. I handle our finances and I was going through some things and I noticed that something did not get done properly. Mm -hmm. And I sent her an email. And as we're sitting here doing this podcast, I've received two emails from her. I'm sure they were angry. <laughs> Do you it's feel both it? of us playing into, I'm like, hey, did you handle this? Because yeah. it's saying we have a late payment here. What happened? What happens is I do all the nitty gritty and I say, this is what needs to be done. This mm-hmm. is what needs to be paid. And she says, okay. And then we pool our money and then she goes and she makes the payments because I hate dealing with people. That's mm-hmm. the balance that we have. So if something goes wrong, I'm like, what the H? What's going on? <laughs> did you make the payment or not? Because I know you can be scattered and you know that I hate that about you. Is that your fault or is it their fault? And Do then you she'll include get that in the email? No, but... <laughs> I was say, we need to talk about that. <laughs> that, to me, deep inside, yeah, that's, where it's that's my knee jerk. I'm mm-hmm. like, did you screw something up or is it the incompetence of other people? And then right away, she'll come back with the explanation. And this is where... <laughs> Are you being over the top? <laughs> yeah, The yeah. give and take can be a problem right. if we don't manage it properly. Mm-hmm. But here we are talking about this very thing. I'm like, I'm in the middle of this right now, even when I'm doing the podcast. I can't Ping. escape it. <laughs> That's so funny. And it's true, but I really want to see what she wrote. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know what? Did she blast you? Well, no. This will be fun. Let's just do a behind the curtain thing. Right. We'll it's see the what she Wizard said. of Oz. All right. So I noticed that our national grid payment is allegedly two days late. National mm-hmm. Grid is the electric company. Yeah. And I gave her the information. It was due on March 3rd. I gave mm-hmm. her the information and everything we needed. I said, pay this by February 25th. I'm that strict. I'm like, let's make sure we have a little Look bit of distance here. Oh my God. Because I want to make sure that if you do yeah. it the day before and something happens with the transaction. So her response was, <laughs> I will call them, came through my bank account this morning. So this is the back and forth. And all I said was, when I sent the information, I copied what was on their website mm-hmm. and the subject heading was from National Grid. I didn't say, hey, what the bleep is going on over there? And she's not saying, will you get off my back? God <laughs> Because <laughs> that's her inner dialogue. We just kind of try to keep it yeah. minimal mm-hmm. 
business-like, <laughs> neutral, business-like. and hopefully it will get resolved. Yep. But if I go on there in three days and I'm still seeing that the payment has mm-hmm. not gone through, maybe it'll get a little bit more heated. <laughs> but this is the high wire act of marriage. Yes, it is. It is. And remembering with your expectations. So you know there's certain things the way she operates and she knows there's certain things the way you operate. So you're trying to work within that and not get to the point where you're blowing up about everything. But like you said, you know, and you're managing self-management. That's very important. What you're doing too, is you're going to wise mind. You're thinking about it first. Okay. I have this knee jerk reaction. This is the emotion that I have. But if I act out on that, what's the consequence? Oh, it's going to make her feel bad. Maybe she's not in the wrong and I'm going to look like a jerk because I'm accusing her of something. So let me manage this in a neutral way and manage my feelings about it. Your feelings are okay. They're just signifying that because when things go wrong like that, it upsets you and you start to feel like you can't control stuff. And so you start to feel that way, but you are managing that. You're looking at the bigger picture. What can I choose to do that's going to get the job done without upsetting her? And so she's doing the same to you. She's letting you know. And it seems like in some ways you and I may be contradicting ourselves because we're saying, hey, when it comes to the difficult conversations, Mm -hmm. be proactive. Oh, but by the way, show restraint. Yeah, yeah, you do. Have the difficult conversation, (laughs) but try to take the difficult out of the conversation. How do you do that? Yeah, be respectful. Put yourself in their shoes too, because this is one of the things I had somebody just complain to me the other day about, oh, this person, they don't care about me and they don't care about this because they're not addressing a certain issue. And I think it had to do with like their doctor's appointments and not being honest about what was going on with them. And I said, listen, that could be true, but what if they have really high anxiety because they do have some issues with anxiety? What if they're avoiding having those conversations because it really upsets them and they're Mm -hmm. really afraid and they don't want to put that out to you because maybe they don't want to stress you out. Maybe by looking at that, it's going to make them very upset in their mental health. So let's look at that. And also, what if they need help with something? It's too easy for us to look at it from our own perspective all the time. Have those difficult conversations. Let's bring it up. But also, let's have a softer touch about it and say, is there a reason why you don't want to make those phone calls? Is there something that's bothering you? Can I help you? What can we do together as a team? All of these kind of things can be helpful for the person to say, listen, I'm kind of embarrassed, but I get so anxious about it that I just ignore it. Some people do that with a lot of major issues. So it looks to the partner like they don't care. But really what it is, is they don't want to get worked up and it's really hard for them to handle. And if I were a client coming to you, I would say, this electric bill, she's driving me nuts. I'm so afraid they're going to cut the juice. I have a lot of cold cuts in the fridge. (laughs) I don't want that meat going bad. bad. What do I do, doc? But that also speaks to this. Mm -hmm. That's where therapy can be an effective tool and not only therapy in general, individually, Mm -hmm. couples therapy too can be very productive. And that doesn't mean, hey, we're going to go in and we're going to fight. It means we're going to go in and we're going to have a referee Mm -hmm. for this little athletic competition that we have going on here. And it's amazing too, because when I do couples therapy, some people, it's like they're hearing their spouse for the first time through me Mm -hmm. because it's like I'm translating. It's the weirdest thing. So you hear someone say something every day, day in, day out, you start to react before they even finish what they're saying. Or it's white noise. Right. Because it's like they say A, you say B, they say C, you do D. And when you come to therapy, the therapist can help to give some more language around that and some more understanding. And what happens is people are like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, they have these aha moments where it helps to have that other person, like 
like I said, to translate, to try to help them to understand better how the other person's feeling. And from there, they can have better conversation and communication and not just shut down when the person says something that normally makes them shut down. And everyone is always so afraid, we say it all the time, that the therapist is going to pick sides. You're more of a mediator. Mm -hmm. You're more of an arbitrator. And that's what people have to look at it as. If you go in on the defensive, well, how productive is it going to be Mm -hmm. if you think that, well, the therapist is going to take his side or her side? No. The therapist is on both sides. Uh, If you're doing it right, you're both paying the therapist. (laughs) They don't have a dog in the fight. And you know what? Just like when you go into therapy one-on-one, if you're feeling like you're not comfortable with the therapist or you feel like the therapist is taking sides or you're not feeling like you're getting a fair shake, you can find another one. Because that's what happens sometimes if you don't get the right rapport with someone. So I say the best thing to do is to try it because most times it's going to work out. You're going to feel better and you're going to get somewhere. But even if it's not working out right, you can try someone else and that could be a better fit. Well, I have had a friend who was in this situation where she was married to a husband and they were breaking up and he was very resistant to the couple's therapy. Mm -hmm. And no matter what happened, he would go in, she's taking your side, this whole thing is fixed. And after a while, the therapist said, I don't think he's going to be able to have therapy, Mm -hmm. really, because he's just so resistant to having those difficult conversations. So it might not even be that it's me. It might be he's going to have to get to a certain place emotionally and have a willingness to want to do this for himself. A lot of people say it all the time. Don't walk up to somebody in your life who you love who's overweight and say, you got to drop the pounds. Mm -hmm. They're hurting your health. You don't look good. They have to want to do it Mm -hmm. to a degree. And if they feel like it's being forced on them or they feel like they're being attacked, they're not going to be a willing participant. So you almost have to finesse that too Mm -hmm. when you're trying to convince that resistant significant other that, hey, this is something that might be able to help us. Hey, I'm not looking for a fight. I'm looking to see if we can fix this and lower those walls Mm -hmm. because a lot of people who subconsciously, maybe they know that they're not behaving as well as they should be within the relationship and they don't want to hear it from somebody else. Right, exactly. And sometimes it is. It's just going gently into it and saying, this is just in our best interest as a relationship. This isn't about me against you or you're wrong, I'm right or anything like that. It's about what can we do for this relationship? And if there's a breakdown to the point where you're just constantly at each other, yes, it is true. There are expectations that sometimes we have to kind of lower them and say, hey, there's going to be times in marriage where it's going to be rocky, where it's going to be tough, where you wake up and you're just like, oh, you get angry with the breathing. What do they say? Oh, the breathing in, out, in, out. Oh, so annoying. <laughs> Some days can be like that, where you're just like annoyed with everything that Will you stop do. breathing, please? Yes, it's in, out, all day. <laughs> and we can all relate to that because we have those moments. But when those moments turn into more than moments and they go on and on and there's really something wrong there that needs to be addressed or just some things that just keep coming up recurringly and you feel like, okay, I think that we really need to get a handle on this. That's when therapy can really be helpful. But you're right. People don't have to be 100% ready. They can get ready as they're going in and learn more things because there's a lot of education that we do too with people. But there does need to be a place after a few sessions you start to see and are people open to some of these suggestions or feedback. If you keep getting the yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but all the time, that can be a little difficult. But it can help you no matter where you are in the situation. Please let me ask 
ask you a question from the patient's chair. I'm going to mm-hmm. represent all of the patients who are sitting here listening to this, and I will say, full disclosure, it's an unreasonable question, and I don't know that uh, there's a perfect answer to it. I hate your unreasonable questions. But <laughs> the question is this, and you know that people are thinking it yep. when they walk in there. How do I know that I'm in a relationship where, yeah, it's the love-hate thing, but it's a healthy love-hate, mm-hmm. versus how do I know I'm in a relationship where it's love-hate, but there's nothing healthy about yeah. the hate? Where's that line? How do you tell yourself, all right, maybe this isn't something right. that I should continue working maybe, on? Yeah, exactly. And that's a tough one, too, because it's like, okay, is this a rough patch, or is this something that's just been going on and on? And it's not a one-size-fits-all answer. That's right. why I'm saying it's an unreasonable question, right. but <laughs> you if you could that. give me a ballpark answer for <laughs> right. them, I mean, I already know the answer. Right. I've been in all kinds of failed relationships. <laughs> <laughs> Brian. Well, what I would say to people is, obviously, if there's abuse in the relationship, right. then that's something that, okay, we need to address that right away, and in a lot of cases, people need to leave those relationships. Mm-hmm. That can be very, very serious. But if you're in a relationship where you're going through these ups and downs, are you having anxiety? Are you having depression? Is it something that's hurting your functioning? Is it something that's hurting your self-esteem? Are you having a lot of trouble with this? It's really important to get your own help around it. And when people go into couples therapy, a lot of time we recommend that people have their own therapist as well, so that when you have certain issues that come up, you can work on those with your therapist and you can get a better idea on things. But look at the relationship overall. Are you grateful for them? Is there love there? Is there kindness? Is there affection? Yes, like I said, we do have those times where it's really frustrating. But looking at that, if some people say to me, I've been in the relationship 10 years. Well, when was it good? Nine years ago. And I'm like, okay, that's a red flag. If you've been fighting for nine years, what are you fighting for? So really be honest with yourself and look at that and see the different elements of, is the person hearing me when we communicate? Do I feel respected? And also on the side of like unrealistic expectations, you cannot get everything from one partner. We have this fairy tale notion that the person comes along and they're supposed to be our everything. No, they're not. Well, happiness needs to come from within more than anywhere else. Right. And if you're trying to lean on somebody else and if you're depending on them for that, first of all, you're going to smother mm-hmm. them. They're not going to be able to right. take it. And second of all, they're never going to be able to feed your bottomless mm-hmm. pit. The thing is, sometimes we need to take a step back. And that's what I would say to people too, is say, is there something you're not addressing within yourself? Is there some other area? Maybe you're refocused on the partner so much and what's going on that you are not doing your workouts and you're not spending time with your family and your friends and you're not doing the things that you used to love. Maybe you need to step back and refocus on building yourself up and ground yourself again and find the things that you love and take some of the pressure off the relationship to have to be your everything. Because sometimes people do, they say, they should be there for everything. They should be anticipating my needs. They should be all of these things. And I'm like, where is this coming from? The more pressure we put on the relationship to, or the person to do that, the other person is going to start backing away because they're going to feel really pressure. And they're also going to feel like they're not good enough for you. So I would say to take that step back and figure out what are the things you need to incorporate back into your world and then take a look at the relationship with fresh eyes to see, am I managing expectations? Is there a place for us to have to go to couples counseling? Are there certain areas we need to work on? But sometimes that can be the place to start. And for me, I think the last thing coming off of something that you said about looking at the big picture and for me to bring this full circle, I mentioned the Brady Belichick thing Mm -hmm. and I mentioned work relationships. And I'm a big proponent, especially in the working world, what we do in radio and entertainment 
of a manager who is a big picture thinker. Mm -hmm. And there are ebbs and flows to every year when it comes to what we do. There are certain parts of the year where people are going to the beach and they're bringing our radio station along Mm -hmm. with them and our numbers are going to go up. There are other parts of the year where a competitor plays Christmas music and everybody leaves us to Mm -hmm. go because they want to hear Christmas music for a month and our ratings go down. I would always want to work for that manager who isn't going to panic when the ratings go down during the Christmas music because then you start doing knee-jerk reactive Mm -hmm. things for something that doesn't need the attention in the moment. Do you need to take a deep breath and just say, oh, this happens sometimes. Mm -hmm. Let's just kind of bear down, get through it, and we know we're going to come out the other side Mm -hmm. and we'll be perfectly fine. Or are you looking for that instant gratification? All of that be damned. We need to do this now. And maybe you do something that will be to the detriment of Mm -hmm. where you were succeeding once you come out of that mess. That's the kind of partner that you need as a manager. And Mm -hmm. every bad manager I have ever had is that person who is not a big picture thinker. And every bad relationship that I've ever been in, Mm -hmm. it's the same thing. Well, I want this now. Yeah, Mm -hmm. well, what about how it's going to affect us two months from now? I don't care. Mm -hmm. I want it now. I want it fixed now. You got to think in the big picture. And I think Mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. I think that is a really good piece of advice in terms of trying to find that line. I asked you an impossible question. (laughs) You gave a reasonable answer, Courtney. Congratulations. I suspect maybe you've had some education (laughs) on this front. (laughs) You make me sweat over here, though, Mulhern. My goodness, with those impossible questions. That's our relationship. I kind of like to keep things interesting. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> to say the least. The thing to remember, too, is we're just trying to normalize this. When you have the ups and downs, and just like this woman who wrote the book, there's many ways to have a marriage. And some people, they might be perfect. They might never fight. And then for the people that we have our quibbles and quabbles, and sometimes we get really frustrated with the person, to know that it's very normal. And maybe if you need to go to couples counseling to get that validation, that can be really important. But reading things and getting more information and talking to friends and getting this out when you feel these concerns to feel like, okay, we don't have to just say, oh, it has to be like someone else's and compare ourselves. I think comparison is the thing that is very hurtful to us, especially with social media and stuff. We look at everything as, oh, they're picture perfect and this and that. But really to remember, we have our own unique situations and they can be just fine. Well, if you want to use comparison, just try to be more like the Stablarskis or whatever the frick her last name is. (laughs) It's okay to hate as as long as at the end of the day, Mike's kicking his boots off and you're feeling the love. Right. And I have to laugh, too, because when you were talking about Carla and how when you come home, you're done talking. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, I come home and I'll say to Mike, once in a blue, I'll say to him, listen, I'm done talking and I'm done listening. Because, you know, I was doing therapy all day and talking and doing radio and listening. And Mike goes, yes, when he hears me say that, because he knows I'm not going to go on and on and talk his ear off. So he actually gets excited when I'm done talking and done listening. I'm going to give you some therapeutic <laughs> advice, whether you want it or not. Hmm. If you want his attention, he kicks the boots off, get the top off. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly the eyes aren't glazed over anymore. Am I right, people? (laughs) Right. Uh, Courtney, if people would like to get in touch with you, not for that specifically, (laughs) (laughs) but for anything else in the big picture, picture, how do they do it? You can always contact me, wellness at wctk.com. And remember, we have a lot of great resources for you. And we also have a link to this podcast, wellness411 page on catcountry.com. 
Com. You have access to us through the socials at Cat Country Mornings on most of them. And much like the couples therapist and the individual, mm-hmm. we have the individual pages as well. Courtney with a C, Kelly E-Y, sometimes Bedard, Brian with an I, Mulhern H-E-R-N. No extra last name for me anywhere that I know of. <laughs> I mean, I've worked in radio, so I've had a lot of different names. That's most true, of them you have. <laughs> seem to be in the rear view. Courtney, thank you so much. Thank you. I think we've helped a lot of people as always. I look forward to helping more people next week. We already know what we're talking about, mm-hmm. which is a rare thing. Yes. But it's March Madness time. Mm-hmm. We were going to do it around the Super Bowl. We yep. got caught up in some other stuff. We had some love-hate fights about it. We're okay now. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be talking about gambling addiction. Yes, we are. And what you have to watch for, especially mm-hmm. this time of year. And you said it to me earlier today. Make no mistake why they chose March to be what oh, month? Oh, yeah. It's National Gambling Awareness Month. So, All right. So yeah. we have that to look mm-hmm. forward to before you start doing your brackets. <laughs> be very, very careful on that front. In the meantime, thank you, Courtney, for everything that you do. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening to Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. I want to-